Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. My name is Kyle Senra, and right now I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Alessandro Senator. Unfortunately, Dean Williams is once again absent, but uh, should be not too long before he's back. Uh, how are you doing, Alessandro? Very good. Thank you, Kyle. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty great. Nice lazy day for me. Still making some Scott Fishbowl picks, although it's kind of getting a little slower now. I'm still mad at you about Zeke. <laughs> yes, I know. And I'm gonna, you're, you're going to be mad at me until the season starts and Zeke starts dominating. And I can tell you I told you so. Uh, yeah, okay. Luckily, this episode isn't just going to be me and Alessandro talking about Zeke. Luckily, there's an assembly of super friends, of super flex friends. Uh, the uh, three co-hosts of the Superflex Super Show, a podcast that Alessandro and I appeared on, were gracious enough to join us tonight. So please welcome John Hogue at Twitter at SuperflexDude, James Catullus at underscore James the Brain, and Sam Stompy Lane at FF Stompy. How are you gentlemen doing? So that was you, awesome. Yeah, you, <laughs> you said super friends. What superheroes are we? And is oh, nice. John John Hogue like the guy that just stays back at the the whatever the watchtower? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had a I, I had a catchphrase. He actually used my catchphrase, so I don't know. Yep. It, it it's got to be a pretty big name superhero to have an actual catchphrase like that. Well, I figured it it, it seems so flashy. So you're probably the Flash. Yeah, okay. but or, or your super or your super flex dude, and what is your actual superpower? Uh, total domination at the super flex format. Okay, well, Stompy, I mean, I too, guess. It, it, Stompy, you're too you're too grumpy to be a hero, man. You've got to be a villain. It's got to be. No, no, no. I'm the I'm the Grump Hulk. The Grump Hulk. Ooh, yeah. Hulk kind of kind of has a little grumpiness to him. That's that's my secret. I'm always grumpy. So I, grump okay. So we're man. not just sticking to DC here. We're clearly crossing over into Marvel as well. Yeah, I don't think fantasy football has a universe that they stick into. Right. Fair enough. I know Batman's really smart, so I was gonna give James the the Batman moniker for his brain, but. Boo! Not smart. <laughs> Not smart. I, I don't think I can be a superhero either. I think I have to be a villain. I have to be Brainiac, right? Like that's that's gotta be the most <laughs> fitting, right? You can be you can be Mega Mind. Ooh, that's no. Nah, I, I I'm gonna stick with Brainiac. Well, if we're all getting superhero and villain names, can I just be a villain since I feel villainy today? I want to be Joker. Please nice. don't be Joker. It was. Well, you're you're qualified. Perfect. All right, you're Joker. Yeah. There we go. Well, we spent as much time on this uh, non-football-related intro as John Hogue usually does on uh, on his other podcast, <laughs> The NFL Statistics. <laughs> like every time, it's a 20-minute intro about uh, peeps and candy. <laughs> That's right. It's important, terrible. man. It's it's important. It kind of it sets the tone for the rest of the podcast. Okay, so uh, let's get to our podcast tone now. Again, the show you, you guys host is called the Superflex Super Show. Uh, what exactly is Superflex? It's a term that's thrown a lot, a lot in, in fantasy football. Uh, do you guys want to explain it, or do you want me to do the, the easy things and set, set the scene? Uh, go for it, man. This is, this is your, your movie. We're just playing ourselves in it and uh, various superheroes. <laughs> Kyle, since we are doing a superhero theme tonight, I need you to do an action hero narration voice, please. In a time. 
when fantasy football becomes stale if you can only start one quarterback, a format came through. That format is Superflex. So basically what Superflex is, is a, a flex spot where you can play a quarterback instead of the usual typical running back, wide receiver, tight end only flex spot. So what this does is it allows fantasy managers to play two quarterbacks a week. And generally, as we know, through you know uh, what is basic scoring, quarterbacks kind of have a certain floor, especially those that aren't throwing a ton of turnovers and can at least score touchdowns. They get you such a high week-to-week floor, more so than other positions that you know, and typically in Superflex, I know that I play with this strategy is you really do want that second quarterback in that slot every week. So generally that means you want to have three quarterbacks on your team, but they're, you know, again, you don't have to play a quarterback every week. So it goes within the strategy. It just adds another dimension of, uh, of uh, team construction. I mean, some teams can focus on other positions and maybe ignore the quarterback. Although I, again, I, I know you guys, not only anyone re- of you really advocates for that. Um, have I missed anything about Superflex? So John's going to yell at you for saying you don't have to start two QBs. <laughs> I don't think and he I'm recognizes that strategy. And I'm going to yell for saying you, you, you only need three QBs because yeah. that's, that's, not, that's not on par. I'm I'm on I'm on board with you, Kyle. Just I'm I'm kind of the contrarian of the group when it comes to the quarterbacks. I think one of the things that we need to add is that in regular PPR scoring, one QB scoring, quarterbacks are just not that valuable because the difference between QB one and QB twenty four is a lot closer than the difference between RB one and RB twenty four, wide receiver one, wide receiver twenty four. And you've heard of JJ Zacharyson's article and now podcast, but the late round quarterback, and that's because you can get good value at with quarterbacks late because there's just not a significant difference between the top end quarterbacks and the bottom quarterbacks. So what Superflex does is it evens out the playing field there and makes quarterbacks much more important in fantasy football like they are important in the NFL. And here's the thing, guys. I It, it looks a little goofy, and sometimes people don't like the format because of the fact that, you know, a lot of purists like to see one quarterback because that's what you actually see out on the field. So the argument that I that I try and present to those people is the other thing that this does is it gives you a whole other position group with you know a significant amount of value which just adds value all through your league all through your player pool because now all of a sudden you know quarterbacks are viable in the early rounds of your startup all of a sudden kyler murray is the 1.01 in your rookie drafts and you know which which kind of pushes you know josh jacobs and uh, Nikhil Harry, it pushes those guys down a little bit in your rookie draft and it does the same thing in your startup draft and then, you know, even outside of the draft, all of a sudden you've got this, you've got a pool of, you know, 32 players with a cer- significant amount of trade value. So the overall economy of your league just is, is just kind of enhanced and inflated by having another position with a significant amount of value. I think you said it best. I know we've talked about it on this particular podcast when talking about quarterbacks, how we all like to take them late, especially if you only have to start one. So it definitely 
changes you know where they're drafted and i know i've certainly played leagues where i'm just hitting running back wide receiver pretty much every round and then the last three four is when i'll grab defense kicker qb uh in all in all those positions that i I feel like i only need one of at a time well kyle yes uh, well i have to ask you because i don't play super flex i'm sorry guys i'm still trying to get into dynasty so that's my new thing right now but if I should play Superflex, and I need to have three QBs, who do I go first? Do I go for the good QB, or do I go for the QB with a lot of upside? Hmm. Well, that's actually, I mean, I think we'll get into draft strategies soon. I guess we can jump into that right now. But I think that's almost player to player. I know for me, whenever I draft, I usually go for floor early. So I want those good, safe options first, and then I'll shoot for upside later. But I know some people that are that draft opposite of that they go for upside first and they they get their floor plays later in the draft in the mid rounds so it all depends on how i would say go with how your usual process is if you're more floor based early then continue to do that if not shoot for that upside right away honestly and it really depends on what your strategy is to start i know john is a guy that takes a qb in the first round Unless, like, somebody like Saquon Barkley drops to, was it the 1.09, 110, John? Uh, I think I've got him up to 108. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a coup for everybody involved. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I generally, when I do dynasty startups and Superflex, I try, I, I guess, win now for me approach, which is I take two running backs and then I'll get into um, quarterback because – gross i know um but i'm also i'm also very good remember i won sfb8 so that is not a dynasty league by the way that's the one time you can't use that (laughs) fair enough fine i won uh two super flex leagues last year as well but point is i i don't know that well i do so (laughs) prove it (laughs) i mean what do you want me to do just whip something out here right in front of you whoa 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 easy with that man slow it down here Keep the weird on. <laughs> um, I hear it though. But but for me, it's one of those where I think I can get decent value in rounds three and four for quarterbacks. Um, of course, if there it was a league of John Hogues, I wouldn't have the chance to take a quarterback because be so screwed. Twenty all, all thirty all thirty starters would be taken in the first thirty picks. Um, <laughs> but guys, like I mean, this year I I really like Lamar Jackson. Because, I, I mean, I think he's got extremely high upside, but I can recognize some of the risk. And getting a guy like, let's say, Ben Roethlisberger in those middle rounds, Matt Ryan in those middle rounds, I think mitigates that risk a little bit um, because I view them as pretty safe in terms of like being a QB1 going forward. Yeah, and I think that's one of the ways you can approach this year. Uh, if you're in a startup, a super flex startup league, I think one of the ways that I've seen and I've, I've actually approached drafts is, look, a lot of the older quarterbacks are falling, and it's because there's a lot of parity at the position right now. So a lot of the younger guys who you can build around for years and years are going ahead of them, and that's fine. But I think a way that you can actually wait on quarterback and still end up feeling pretty decent about the position is by grabbing those older guys later, guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. If you can grab guys like that a little later 
and then you can supplement them with, you know, if you have Big Ben, maybe you grab Mason Rudolph. Or if you have Tom Brady, maybe you grab uh, Jared Stidham out of Auburn, who they just drafted. Maybe you grab someone like that, so that way you kind of set yourself up a little bit better. So for me, I like grabbing five, six quarterbacks, so that way I'm set for now, and I have a game plan for the future. I can always draft in the rookie draft if I need to a quarterback, if things aren't working out, but I have a game plan for the future if these guys do retire anytime soon. So I think that's a way that you can kind of circumvent drafting a quarterback early, at least right now, at least this year, the way Superflex uh, mocks are going and the way Superflex drafts are going. If you have a startup in a Superflex Dynasty League, you can do that approach. And that's kind of an approach that you can take if you don't want to take quarterbacks early. So uh, I, I, I think draft strategy wise, you really have to kind of like Stompy said, you have to go in with a game plan and you have to be able to make sure that you're, you know, you're willing to to change that game plan, you know, depending on uh, how the draft is falling to you. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the main way to approach it for me is, is making sure that you have a game plan. Um, and if you don't want to draft quarterbacks early, uh, the way Superflex uh, leagues are setting up, you don't have to. And, and on that, I mean, with guys that fall, like I said, Matt Ryan is a guy who generally has been falling in drafts, and I'd have to look at uh, the ADP data that I don't have up. But pretty sure he's been taken relatively late for what he is, and he was the QB2 last season to Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger is another guy who was QB three and Aaron Rodgers was QB six and is due for a bounce back despite what James thinks. Um, that's one of those things where you don't, I, I get youth is King in terms of dynasty football. Um, but when you look at it, a lot of these successful QB one types in the NFL right now are uh, 30 or older. And you shouldn't be looking two, uh, more than two or three years out. So getting Matt Ryan, let's say in the fourth round, I don't know if you can do that, but let's say the third round, and he still probably has a legitimate shot at QB or top five numbers, but you're getting him at QB 10 or so ADP or QB 10 value. So that's another thing to look at when it comes to picking quarterbacks here is youth doesn't necessarily always isn't always king when it comes to quarterbacks and some of those late or older guys still have two to three maybe even five good years left in them to your point matt ryan's adp he's going in the sixth round uh ninth or tenth pick give or take on the um thing so he's a he's 609 610 that's his adp right now but i'm is that a super flex adp though alessandro uh no, I uh, I only know my kind of ADP. So as far as superflex, it's probably a fifth round, give or take. I can I can look looks it up. Like, on... Looks like uh, mid mid third rounds uh, for Matt Ryan. He's going his yeah. quarterback eight with a, an ADP of about thirty. And 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 guys going ahead of him, Baker Mayfield, who we still don't know what he's going to be this season, despite what many think. Uh, Russell Wilson's going ahead of him and he's do, I mean, uh, he's, he's a regression candidate. Carson Wentz has injury, uh, issues. So, I mean, and here's another one. Kyler Murray's going as the QB 10 currently ahead of guys like Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, uh, Jameis. I, well, I shouldn't throw Jameis Winston out there. Especially when you've got Lamar Jackson right there. That you Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Lam, I mean, I Lamar Jackson. So is Mariota going to have him? 
Uh, <laughs> not God, yet. Not God yet. We're no. working on it. Is he? Is he even a starter? I don't mm-hmm. think so. I, I don't even know that situation right now. So. Well, I I do. He's not a starter. Ryan Tannehill's better. Starter. As much as you would love to have control over that situation, you have nothing to do with that. So you have no idea. He it, yes, he's still the starter. It, the only way to beat him out is to actually like get into training camp and do it, and we're not even there yet. So, My I'd, love, I'd, love, I'd love for you guys to stop saying that he's not the starter. Oh, it's Thank not you. happening. Thank you. Nope. Thank you. So we're just gonna keep digging there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll wait no, till week two when he gets when he gets taken out and they put in Tannehill. That's when I'll start saying he's not the starter. John, <laughs> fine. Guys are ridiculous. So ridiculous. This is every we'll give you a hug. <laughs> this is every week for me. It seems like those uh ultimate superhero matchups. Oh, the final battle. It you know, it never is. There's always oh it'll always be back. And it seems like that's what it is for Mariota and the Superflex show. So even uh through this uh, great band of heroes, there are still some rivalries and still some disagreements. Mariota will never die. He will live on. <laughs> Uh, now, I have a question. So, James, you were talking about having uh, sometimes up to five quarterbacks in Dynasty. Uh, is it less in redraft where you don't you only have to worry about a, a one season at a time? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, yeah, you don't you don't really need to. I mean, if you're drafting an, an older veteran at that point, you can kind of rely on them for that year. You don't have to worry about future years. So, yeah, to me. If it's redraft, I would approach it a little bit differently. I don't know that I would need multiple quarterbacks, um, but I, I still want three that I feel good about. And I tell you what, if quarterback is sliding, I would not hesitate to take a fourth. Um, like John has, has said, and I, I give him credit every time because he's so right on, um, is that quarterback value is going to be the cheapest in your startup. They're never going to be cheaper, even in redraft. If you want to try to acquire a quarterback in redraft, and it's a super flex league, you're, I, I mean, Basically, the other owners know that they can hold you over a barrel because you can't really get one on free agency, uh, you know, on the waiver wire or, or what have you. So, um, you know, they, they kind of hold you for ransom. So if you don't have that quarterback, um, you know, you're, you're kind of in trouble. So I wouldn't hesitate if quarterbacks are falling to take a fourth still and maybe even a fifth if they're falling that badly, because I feel like I can flip them in season uh, for a prime. So I feel that in super flex drafts, maybe more than any position quarterback can kind of be all over the place. I know I've been in some super flex drafts where I'll go QB QB to start. And by the end of the second round, one other person took a QB. Um, but then there's other times where, you know, if you don't take one in the second round, suddenly you're, you're behind the eight ball. So it really is kind of league dependent. You got to feel the room with the draft and you kind of have to adjust on the fly. I find, I know I'm never really afraid to be aggressive at quarterback in super flex leagues. Um, I know Scott Fishbowl, it was the opposite. I, I went Deshaun Watson in the second round, but then after that, I waited until about the seventh or eighth round to get my QB2. So in that circumstance, with the way the bonuses were structured and the milestones for rushing and receiving were every 50, it just seemed like, okay, I can get one quarterback and wait. Uh, whereas in a you know a normal super flex league, I definitely probably wouldn't want to leave the fifth round without a second quarterback, even fourth round probably. So... But again, it, it you really have to. I find you really have to judge based on the room during the draft. 
Um, and uh, okay, so let's uh, move on to the next segment unless we have any other strategies to present. Have maybe we... I maybe I should actually present a strategy for uh, for quarterback heavy. Do do we uh, are we there yet? Well, what would you? Well, okay, well, yeah, talk about what what would you consider quarterback heavy? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, how how big's your roster? <laughs> because I'll I'll put a quarterback on every single roster spot. Not not quite that intense with it, but like seven, eight quarterbacks on a superflex roster. That to me is is kind of that's where I'll finally feel like I'm like I'm comfortable. Not overbearing or too warm with too many quarterbacks around you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll take them all. Uh, and and here's the reason. So, in that's of course that's in a dynasty. In a, in redraft league, you're fine with three. But in dynasty, you you have to have a minimum of four. Like that guarantees that you've got your your uh, quarterback at super flex at all times, even during buys. So one of the problems that people kind of run into uh, is they'll stop at three because, you know, I've got three NFL starters and they don't have the same buy. It's dynasty. This is going to change every single year. It's absolutely possible that next year you've got two quarterbacks with the same buy and your third guy has to hold it down for you. And they just quarterbacks just outscore the other positions almost almost to a rule almost as a rule so you have to have you have to have four in dynasty just to ensure that you can make it through every single year not just this year with a quarterback at the super flex position at all times now beyond that though the more that you get first of all you're creating a scarcity in your league so you're you're taking those quarterbacks out of circulation. Again, there's no other way to find them. You can't get them on the waivers after the draft. So, you know, the people who come out of it with, they realize they don't have enough quarterbacks. And, you know, even if they have, if they come out of it with two and those guys have the same, have a different bye week, one of them gets hurt, for instance. Now you can't even set a legal lineup on on your other quarterbacks bye week so that guy has to trade for more quarterbacks because he can't find them on waivers he's got to actually trade for them i've got all the quarterbacks i can set the price on what it costs and to me it's a two-round bump whatever where so if i drafted a quarterback say i took philip rivers in the seventh round i can trade him straight up for a running back drafted in the fifth round and it, that that consistently happens, and it's a big part of it is because I can set that market, number one. Number two, I can actually afford to trade quarterbacks where nobody else in the league can do it. If they're going to trade away a quarterback, they have to get one back. I can trade my fifth quarterback. I still have the four that I need, and for that reason, I can just trade them straight up for for a player rather than a package of players that includes another quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, you hold all the cards. So the more quarterbacks you take, the better position you're going to be in. Okay, well, um, thank you. I, I want to say uh, John QB Heavy Hogue, but that, uh, that may be a little too heavy of a, of a nickname. But you can use that next time you want. 
Oh, yeah, it definitely will. I'll uh, get that put on my social security card. Do it. I like it. Uh, so while every great superhero has great, you know, present day action sequences, there's always an origin story. And so now that we've kind of gone through and talked a little bit about about Superflex and the audience knows a bit better who you all are, now it's time to dive into those origin stories. You know, round table, we can all talk about this. Uh, when did you first start playing Superflex? Uh, James, you want to start us off? Yeah, I can do that. Um, I, I first started in 2014, and we didn't do it right. <laughs> it was kind of a... It was kind of a somebody came up with the idea. Hey, I heard I heard about this um, where we can we can do this, and it was a dynasty league, and you know it was kind of everyone just kind of wanted to incorporate this new new fancy rule that we had uh, without you know really giving a year to to adjust or anything. So what they did instead was they changed the scoring to even out quarterbacks because they thought well anybody who's got too many quarterbacks is just going to, you know, it's not fair. Cause so then it went down from six passing, uh, six point passing touchdown to four. Um, it was one point for every like 50 yards passing. Um, so they really tried to neutralize the quarterback scoring. So um, yeah. And then in 2015, I joined two other super flex leagues and learned how it was done. I went, okay, this is, this is how you play super flex. I get it now. So 2014 um, technically and only technically because you could technically start a, a quarterback in that flex position um, was, I would say, was when I, uh, I first started playing super flex. But 2015 is when I started doing it right. So, All right, Stompy, why don't you show us your origin story? Last year. So it just tells you how good I am that I was able to join as a host of the super flex oh, show. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I like can't really start. argue with that one either. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty good. Uh, the worst part of it is that we can't argue with it. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I I was doing regular uh, dynasty for four years, and then last year, my the my participation in dynasty leagues kind of did an exponential curve where it was just like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do anything, and then I'm just going to do all of it last <laughs> last year and then this year. So. Now it's my preferred suit, my my preferred uh, settings. Um, Superflex, tight end, premium. I'm a, I know John Hogue hates that, but I don't know how you play it any other way. I, I I mean, it makes all positions matter, and I think that's the way that fantasy fantasy football should be played. All right, John. So uh, Superflex, dude. Reveal your Superflex origin. Superflex, dude. Yeah, I started uh, three years ago, and uh, I did three Superflex startup drafts, and I mean, tried all three different ways, and then started a podcast that ultimately became the Superflex Super Show after, I mean, essentially just just testing out three different strategies. And, uh, I mean, the one that worked out the best and a big reason for it was I got Todd Gurley in the third round, but I, it was quarterback heavy. And I, I mean, I found out that I was able to, I had quite a bit of flexibility with my, with my roster. And, uh, I took that onto the podcast and, uh, have just kind of been working to perfect it ever since. Uh, so for me, uh, my first time ever in fantasy football was 2012, and that was a two QB league. So it was, you specifically had to start two quarterbacks. It wasn't strictly a super flex. 
Uh, and then anyway, that league folded, but there was a couple people from that league. We made another league and then eventually kind of decided, I think in 2015, a league that we had, we decided to convert it to a super flex. It was a redraft, so it was easy to do year to year. I know, whereas Dynasty, that can be tougher to do in the middle of the life cycle of a league. Uh, so yeah, so around the same time as, as James and you guys started. So I think we were all, uh, are all, all of our origin stories aren't that long. Uh, sometimes the superhero, there's time travel and go to the future. So Alessandro, can you give maybe share a future origin story of when you may consider jumping to Superflex? Whenever uh, the Superflex guys let me in their uh, dynasty or we start one up with together. No, um, I, I have to learn more about Superflex because listening to your guys' origin story, it kind of makes me think that I am not ready for a Superflex type of league. Mostly because I'm not even ready for a dynasty type of league. I'm new to dynasty. You're uh, you're ready, man. You're yeah. totally ready. I don't feel like I'll be taking advantage of that at all. It, Just leave I'm, the fifth round with at least three quarterbacks and you'll be fine. Correct. And if, if, also, and if just gonna, play with... If you're going to jump into Dynasty anyways, you might as well do it right and start with Superflex. That way you don't really have to learn two different formats of Dynasty. You just start doing it right, right away. There you go. And if you get a bunch of people who also don't know how to play Superflex yet, and then for all of you it's the same first jump, then no one can take advantage of anybody, so... So don't, play, so don't play with these guys. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, my my origin, my future origin story will be whenever I could learn just enough to scrape by, and so that way I don't have to completely die. Listen, man, I'm trying to get back into you know FanDuel and DraftKings because I, I I was doing that a while ago, but I'm trying to get it back into it thanks to Jeff. And these guys are convincing me that I need to get into Superflex. So there's yes, that. Sir. Isn't FanDuel Superflex? It depends on what you get into because sometimes you could do because sometimes it's just like a straight you know format where you have to do this this and this or it's Superflex. But I think FanDuel is more Superflex. Nice. I've seen occasionally some DraftKings contests where you could theoretically play two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. uh, but of course they make you pay up the wazoo for them, so it's. It's tough to get lineups with both. Usually, uh, I see that more on like a single single game slate, where you know the no brainer thing is, oh well, they get two both starting quarterbacks, but then you can't really afford any of the other starting skill position players. So it's you know they they make it difficult for you. Grab two really good quarterbacks and go go grab the Jets wide receivers because they are going to be dirt cheap. Our heroes then continued onward their journey to discuss specific player values. Cheesy, uh, you know, superhero voiceovers aside. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about was, you know, going from Superflex to single QB. Are there any, uh, I mean, we've talked about how we, you know, we value the QB position much differently in Superflex as a whole. Are there any specific quarterbacks that you guys value differently from one format to the other? Uh, I can give an example. The guys like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they're getting all this rushing production. They didn't really provide too much with their arm last year. So it's tough, you know. You got a, a good base value uh, with the rushing, but then the, the the really high ceiling wasn't there passing wise. Those are guys I kind of like to have more in super flex as opposed to one QB. I'd prioritize them less in a single QB league. Whereas instead, I'd you know I'd rather get a guy like Philip Rivers that you know is just going to be a consistent performer in the passing game. Whereas in a super flex setting, I think I'd much rather have Lamar Jackson as my QB two 
because of that sort of risk there with, uh, you know, he may not get you much with his passing game upside every week, but when he does, it'll really hit. I feel like that's better placed as a, as a QB two. So did you write those two players on purpose? Cause you knew I was coming <laughs> on. Yeah. Was that, was that on purpose? I, I, I made sure that he did on purpose. I got you, Kyle. I'll back you up on this one. Thank you. I don't like him when he's angry. Um, <laughs> oh, we don't get to hear Stompy talk about Lamar Jackson anymore? Oh. Don't worry, we'll get him talk about oh, no, I'll, talk about I'll talk about him. So it's it's actually kind of funny. We, we recorded uh, the other day, or I guess yesterday, and I went on a rant about Lamar Jackson <laughs> and Josh Allen. I absolutely agree on Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is going to be I don't know if he'll be a starter in two years. And that's because that dude didn't show any improvement whatsoever when, in terms of throwing the ball, despite what some people will say. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson, you and I, I I'm going to disagree here. And it's, I, I wrote an article saying that Lamar Jackson would be a top 10 quarterback this season. And it's not because he has, he's going to be a prolific thrower, but it's going to, it's because you will see an improvement in his passing. And I think he will eclipse 3000 yards, but then you also add in the 800 to a thousand yards rushing and you're in the top 10 fairly easily. And honestly, there's an argument to be made about top five. I am not that bold, but the fact remains is that he showed improvement throughout last season. If you look at several different metrics from game to game, he's shown improvement throughout his college career every season as a passer. And he's going to be in an offense that's actually built for him and not built for Joe Flacco. So again, I don't think he's going to be this prolific passer, but I mean, if he, I think he's more than capable, and I think this is more than likely going to happen, is he will eclipse 400 passing attempts, eclipse 3,000 yards, and he will also add that 800 to 1,000 yards rushing. And that, to me, is actually relatively safe because he has that safe floor week in and week out because of that rushing. So regardless, I'm not afraid to, and I mean, obviously, uh, bias here but i am not afraid to take lamar jackson as my qb in a single qb league i actually do agree that i think he will improve and i mean I, one thing you touched on is you know it'll be his offense this year he's going to get first team reps throughout all of training camp i don't really see them giving much to rg3 in terms of first team reps so i definitely agree with you that he will he probably should improve uh so there's a phenomenon i've noticed specifically about lamar jackson is that he seems to be a lot better at throwing the ball over the middle than to the boundaries. It just, I, I noticed it in college tape and it, even last year watching Ravens games, I still kind of noticed that where his best passes all came over the middle. You guys, uh, I know I've, you know, hearing people evaluate quarterbacks really well. Um, I've mentioned it's the narrow base, right? He is, he doesn't always have the, you know, in terms of his footwork isn't always consistent. So he's not always going to get the same, accuracy on throws it looks like especially to the outside i don't know if the, it's the way he shifts his body that's that makes his throws off a little but have you noticed uh, something similar i mean yeah he, he definitely especially the last season had issues throwing to the boundaries and and that's something that he needs to work on but i i do think that 
with a full offseason as a starter under his belt that he will improve on those areas that he needs to improve on. Well, uh, I know I have enough shares of him that I, I hope that is true. I don't really have many shares of Josh Allen, though. So, Okay, uh, James, do you want to talk about any quarterbacks that you value differently in Superflex as compared to 1QB leagues, if you can remember as far back to playing in 1QB leagues? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I already kind of shared the the older quarterbacks um, being being uh, valued a little bit differently. But uh, to me, a guy who I want to bring up who I, I think is undervalued in probably both formats, Kirk Cousins to me is is extremely undervalued, especially in Superflex. Um, right now, his ADP uh, on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, uh, his Superflex ADP is he's going as QB 17 right around the 59th overall pick. I just don't understand how a guy who has been a top 10 quarterback the past three years is disrespected as much as he is. Last year, we all considered him to have a down season, and he was still top 10 at his position. You know, And yet, we're still drafting him as QB 17. We're drafting him as a mid-level QB 2 in Superflex, and to me, he's more than that. So that's a guy that I, I really would like to keep an eye on because I think his ADP is going to rise throughout the preseason. Um, I think there are some some trends that we have to keep our eyes on. Uh, first off is the passing percentage in Minnesota. Uh, you know, with the new offensive coordinator, that passing percentage went down. They decided that they wanted to run a little bit more, and that could hurt Cousins' overall numbers. However, um, if Delvin Cook stays healthy, he could also have more scoring opportunity in the red zone. They added another tight end with Irv Smith. They kept Kyle Rudolph, so they have another red zone threat there. And Delvin Cook adds a, a very nice uh, element of his game is he can catch passes. He's really good out of the backfield catching the ball and making something happen with those. So I think Cousins is drastically undervalued. I think he should be a top 10 pick over a guy like Kyler Murray, who you were just drafting on upside, you know, and he is actually QB 10 um, on DLF Superflex ranking. So um, those are two guys that I, I find polarizing because I think they should be opposite. We're, we're buying Kyler Murray based on his upside, based on his youth, but we have no idea what that offense is going to look like, what Kyler is capable of doing, and the kind of numbers that we can expect out of him on a weekly basis. Kirk Cousins, we've seen it. He's been a top 10 quarterback the last three years, and we're drafting him as QB 17. So to me, those two guys are very polarizing uh, on different uh, different ends of the uh, the spectrum from where I think they should be. John, do you have any quarterbacks whose values differ between the two formats? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I think you can start with, at the bottom of the hierarchy. You know, guys like Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, um, Derek Carr. You know, those are guys that Joe Flacco, those are guys guys that we don't necessarily want to I mean, we don't want anything to do with those guys in one QB. Um, but you have to have them in super flex. But to, to me, the big ones are Drew Brees and Tom Brady. That's you know, the 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 older guys for me personally. And the the problem is in one quarterback, I'm at the total opposite extreme from Superflex, I don't want to waste a bunch of roster space on quarterbacks. I need that space for running backs because the guys get hurt and they hold out and they do all kinds of stupid stuff that keeps them off the field. And you have to have an army of them just to just to get through a week, much less a season. So, you know, I I, I can't really afford to put a young quarterback on my bench you know, a, a Daniel Jones or a Drew Locke um, or even Dwayne Haskins and just kind of wait it out. Let, 
let Breeze or Brady die on my roster, but the problem is they have absolutely no trade value in one quarterback. I'm stuck with them. So, you know, I have to have a contingency plan, and I hate that. I don't want to live that way in one quarterback. Whereas in Superflex, first of all, they've got some trade value um, because there are going to be people who are willing to pay for a quarterback, even if it is kind of a one-year rental, uh, just to make sure that they've got that second quarterback in their lineup. All right, then. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, Alessandro, you were down on the show sheet. You want to talk about Josh Allen slash Drew Locke and also Sam Darnold. So you want to quickly go over those three? Well, listening to the you guys talk about the super flex and how it plays out, it got me thinking. Yes, I am a Jets fan, so I will be a little bit biased towards Sam Darnold. But I also like Josh Allen. I know that you don't like him, Stompy, but I do. And I, I put out an article a little while ago talking about how Ruben Foster is going to be a sleeper wide receiver up there in Buffalo. Ooh, John will love you. Yeah, that's a great one. I love that one. Well, I mean, he's just a, he has to contend against Andre Roberts, Cole Beasley, and I don't know. Keel Williams. Yeah, 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 Duke Williams. John Brown is probably the gonna be the big one. Yeah, insert those fourth tier mediocre names right there. But I mean, the kid's good, and you know, for Josh Allen, you got a nice you know balance between run and throw. And I think that you know, because he's actually coming into his own a little bit more, he's gonna make the jump. He's gonna be a good scrambler. I'm not saying he's gonna be like the Sean Watson good. But he's going to be a good scrambler, probably better than Newton, because he can make those plays, and he does have an arm. Uh, it's not really that accurate, but he does have an arm. So there are times that it's probably going to be downfield. So that's why I like Allen. And I and like I said, full disclosure, I have not played Superflex, so I'm just going what all for you guys have said. Hold on, hold on. You said that he is going to be better than Cam Newton at running the ball? Uh, no, I say he's going to be better at Cam Newton in rushing fantasy. Because Cam, Cam Newton will get oh hurt. God. He will oh. get hurt. I, I mean, with, with the, the shoulder concerns. The, the I, I, okay. mm-hmm. ball. I get the shoulder concerns. But the guy Andy's, has... Andy's 30. Mm-hmm. He's, a 30 year old <laughs> running back. he's a 30-year-old quarterback who's also running back that runs constantly, and he finally got hurt. He finally got hurt with his shoulder, so now they're not going to run him anymore. All throughout camp, all throughout camp right now, they're making him throw. He's barely run any. They're leaning on Christian McCaffrey to run the ball. And 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 I want one of you guys to tell me that Christian McCaffrey is not a monster. Okay? I want you, one of you guys to tell me. I'm not saying not, going to say that. I guess I'm that. Saying, <laughs> a bunch I'm of superheroes saying. would be too afraid to say that. <laughs> but Cam Newton's not going to run the ball as much, and Josh Allen will surpass him in rushing yards. Throwing yards is another story. I, See, I got full right. confidence in Cam Newton on that. So here, here's the thing on that though: is Come Cam on. Newton, he has rushed for nine, 90, 90 or more times in every season of his career. Okay, he's yeah. rushed for three hundred fifty-nine yards or more in every season of his career. He's rushed for four or more touchdowns in every season of his career. He was a rushing quarterback in college. He had over 1,000 yards rushing in college. You're not going to stop Cam from running the ball. It's going to happen. He won't – I mean, I don't think – he might rush the ball for under 
100 times and maybe it's around four to 500 yards. Fine. He's not going to reach the heights that he did when he was younger, but Josh Allen is not a running quarterback. That is a misconception that I hate this off season. He was not a rushing. I mean, yes, he can run. He ran a four, a four, seven, five, 40, which is fine for a quarterback. He still burned a lot of defenses that were ranked best at stopping the run. Come on now. And, That's and just, fine, and, but that, that has nothing to do with... No, it has a lot to do. I mean, Cam with, plays in a division that cannot stop the run. I, I, hold on, no, that's a lie. I want to stop there before I get any worse. Cam Newton plays in a division that has a really good secondary for some of the teams and can stop the run for other teams. But then outside of that, he really didn't play the main teams that could stop the run Real good, but can but, stop. But pass. a quarterback, a quarterback running is not the same as a running back running. Is like it, no, no, that's two different things. Right, and what but, I'm saying is most of what happened, what most of Josh Allen's rushing yards came from scrambling. He's not a running quarterback. You're not going to give him designed runs. And on top of that, he is not a good throwing quarterback. So there you go. He's just not a good quarterback. But he's what a team, quarterback. No, yeah. he's, a, he's a bad quarterback. But what which which will... is that's and that's kind of where the whole thing you have to be credible as a passer before the running right. actually works. Because like Cam, I mean, I get but it. He's a rookie. So how can you really say that he's not a thrown quarterback? I mean, he just came off a rookie year. So, I mean, his sophomore year, if he doesn't do it good this year, then I will agree with you guys that he is not a thrown quarterback. But he, but, he was bad in college in a weak conference. But he also, well, he was playing in Wyoming. He had no one to throw to. And then he goes to Buffalo and has no one to throw to. So, I don't know. Robert I Foster. think it's still difficult. I, I, know, I know it's hard for us to say anything positive about Josh Allen around Stompy because he immediately <laughs> goes to the, to the Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, thing. So... He didn't show anything last year. Like people start pointing to Josh Allen showed improvement. He absolutely did not show improvement. He had more volume. Sure. But that doesn't mean that he improved as a quarterback. And well, the I mean, fact, the fact remains is if you can't complete more than 52% of your passes, teams and defenses are going to make you beat them with your arm. And he if he, he cannot beat 2.8% of his passes, that 0.8 count. Okay, I'm sorry. Fifty-two point eight percent of his passes. Yes, he did. What? That's fine. The point is that if he can't credibly beat a team, if if teams are not scared of his arm, then he's not going to be able to run the ball. All you have to do is put a middle linebacker to spy on Josh Allen, and he can't he can't run the ball. He's not fast enough to run the ball. So this season is kind of going to be his prove it season where if he doesn't make strides as a passer, which there has to be doubt at some point here, then no, he's not going to be able to run the ball. Can, can so, we though, can we entertain the, the idea that maybe he hasn't been a good passer because he hasn't had any type of elite targets though? I mean, Look, I'm Buffalo. What what do they have to work with? I mean, that's I I I I pulled the depth chart right. Okay, now. but they're they're NFL uh, caliber wide receivers. <laughs> like it's I, not I, like he's just going to scrub against better NFL caliber corners. So like it doesn't matter at that point. 
everyone that you're playing with or against is an NFL caliber player. It's just if they're bottom echelon NFL caliber players, they're they're not getting if they're not getting open, it's really tough to complete passes, right? So, I mean, I'm not I'm not coming to Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen's defense. I'm saying that I think with yeah, the small you are. sample size that yeah. <laughs> the small sample size we have, we don't really know whether or not it's him or whether or not. And, and let's be honest. The way Josh Allen came into this league, you would have thought that he was gum on the bottom of someone's shoe that they had just <laughs> scraped off onto the curb. And like people were so, so thicky and yeah, they were so disgusted that Josh Allen went so high in the draft and he was hated on. And the fact that he did anything, I think people are shocked at because no one had a kind word to say about him. So this is I, I'm just going to say there is comparisons that you could draw. To the Daniel Jones situation. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, well, no, 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 Daniel no, no, Jones no, no, is no, garbage. No, no, no. That's way worse. That's way worse <laughs> because when they showed Daniel Jones his highlight when the Giants drafted him, forever, I'm not. I want to stop myself before I start cursing. But for whatever reason that they drafted him, it was against Pitney State. That's a D three school. Your highlight reel is against a D three school. Well, yeah, what? but see, that was, hold on. He played so, Duke. Yeah, okay, it's a basketball I'm, school. Let's, we're gonna we're gonna move on from DJ because. James has an just over the top love for DJ. Um, here, Josh Ooh. Allen, according to PFF, had an expected completion percentage of seventy one point three percent. He only completed sixty six point two percent. I'd have to look at how this does. Basically, his differential in expected versus actual completion percentage was minus five point one, which was dead last in the league. Dead. Last, okay, and you're going off of that versus how many games he actually played versus the rest of the league. He only played 12 games, started but, 11 of them. So can you really say that in, in that in that time frame, but when you, you have to shrink the rest of the QBs down in that time frame, we're going to go 12 games because he was in 12 games. But in that time frame, that he was dead last, that he was the worst quarterback in the league because in those 12 games, he rushed. 89 rushes for 631 yards, eight touchdowns, and he threw for 320 times, and he only got 2,074 yards on 169 completions. Versus Cam Newton, who you argued to me against, did 101 rushes for 488 yards on 14 games. He did do 14 games, so he went longer, and he completed. 320 out of 471 yards for 3,000 yards. I will give you he's a better quarterback passing. I will give you that. But when rushing comes, Josh Allen is going to win. And, and while this is skewed a little bit because Cam Newton's a little bit older, he's taking a couple more hits, I will give you that. Josh Allen is a good running quarterback who can get you those points. But he also didn't have a catch. Last year, who he had? Calvin Benjamin? I mean, the man, you know, he catches passes from McDonald's better than he did for Josh Allen. Okay, but this year he actually does has a couple of people that could do it. You know, he got the Robert Foster, who I already mentioned. He's got John Brown, who's not completely terrible. Andre Roberts, he's more of a return man, but if they need be, he can actually do something. They got Zay Jones, who actually he's not a bad kid. Cole Beasley from Dallas. I don't know how well that's going to do. And then uh, Ray Ray McLeod which I've never even heard this kid, so that should probably tell you everything you need to know right there. I mean, he actually does have a Dude, better supporting guy. And Dawson Knox. Williams is fifth player on the depth chart. Come on, man. Well, we'll see how that changes by training camp. 
I will give you that. Best red zone threat on that team, but all right. No. In, in the interest of time, okay. I will I will make a bet with you that Cam Newton outproduces Josh Allen on the ground. I don't care what the bet is, but I will make a bet with you that Cam Newton outproduces Josh Allen on the ground. Okay. So what we've been, I will I will come on your show and say you are the greatest quarterback whisperer in fantasy football that ever has or ever will be. I will bow down to you on your show. But if Josh Allen does better, you have to come on here and say that to me. Okay. That's done deal. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. And this is being recorded, so we have proof of this. Actually, and it's funny how – you know, the two hosts are arguing and, and the guest says in the interest of time. So th- thanks, Don't be <laughs> so considerate. Uh, I guess the one thing I just want to say about Josh Allen is I agree with you, Stompy. I think Lamar Jackson's a much better quarterback. He's already shown a lot more as a passer. But I think you and I both assume that Lamar Jackson's going to improve this year. I think it'd be, you know, unrealistic to expect that Josh Allen's not going to improve at all. Because last year in training camp, he also didn't have a monopoly on first team reps. He was splitting with Nathan Peterman and... Uh, Matt so, Castle, I think, at one point. So, oh wait, that was a few years ago. Matt Castle's not there anymore. Uh, <laughs> there was another quarterback there, though. They had a third guy. But anyway, it, Josh Allen didn't really get you know a good size of full first team reps. That's going to change this year. He, I think, will have to show a lot more. I don't know if he's going to get eight rushing touchdowns. Certainly on eighty nine carries, that 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 number seems unsustainable, and that part, it's part of why his fantasy production was so high. So. Yeah, I guess I kind of side with Stompy, but I'm also a little bit more optimistic. Uh, but now let's, uh, talking of optimism, let's talk about early in drafts and uh, high end. Where would each of you be, you know, what's the highest each of you are willing to take a quarterback? I know for me, I look at those top four running backs, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. And then once I get after them, I think that's where I start to consider plunging in on Mahomes. So I'd probably say 105 is about the earliest I would consider taking it. Um, I feel like John's got a, a different answer. Oh, so I have a different it. answer. 101. Oh, 101? Okay. There you See go. Me. Actually, that's true. We did a, I think you and I did a mock draft together, Stompy, and you did take Mahomes 101. So you're, you're sticking true to that. Yeah, Mahomes is 102 for me. Rogers <laughs> is Rogers. God, just, ugh. It, it's true. I mean, Rogers is the, is the better quarterback. And you're putting your money where your mouth is in the Scott Fishbowl oh, on that. No, but you don't get to correct. you don't get to complain about this, Stompy. You're feeding into this into this narrative when you're gonna help me out. No, no. I mean, I, I don't do actually, it. Actually, that's do fair. It. No, it's fair. It's fair. okay. There that's you fair go. criticism. <laughs> I think we all uh, we're we are all in agreement though. The 101 is the earliest we would we'd consider taking a quarterback. Okay, so. Um... Now, I guess the, the second question is, what's the latest you're willing to go? As late as the la- a la- a third quarterback is there, I guess, for me. Uh, for my first quarterback, I'm taking him in the first round, yeah. regardless okay. of where I'm at. Oh, that's the question. I'm oh, a dumb yeah, No well, I, me. Didn't, I didn't ask it properly either, so it's, that's my fault. Honestly, it, dependent, it, it really depends on the draft, right? I mean... For me, I've already I've already said like I generally go into a draft with a, a strategy that I want to go running back, running back. But it, let's just say there's only been two or three quarterbacks that have been taken in the first couple of rounds, which absolutely should not be the case in Superflex. 
then I might wait until the fourth. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh. that's that's a little even later than I. I would have said maybe the third round. I, I'm thinking, especially if I had an early pick, I'd grab one of those f- first four running backs, and then maybe even a second running back on the way back, if there were enough quarterbacks that I was comfortable with to get around to me on the way back. So I said I, on the show sheet, I said 303. I could see that 303, 304 is somewhere I I would have to. At that point, I must get a quarterback. If I was taking at the end of a, you know, a, if I had a, a 110 or whatever is my first round pick, I'd probably want to get my quarterback with my second round pick there. Or even, you know, the first, at least, you know, one of those first two picks should be a quarterback. It's kind of the way I see it. James, how about you? Yeah, I, I, uh, I would probably start getting some anxiety if I don't have a quarterback by the end of the third round. Um, I would start, my, my palms would start sweating and I would start, you know, breathing would be tough. Um, it, it would be it wouldn't be good. Um, so yeah, I would definitely have to have one by the end of the third. That would be the absolute latest I think I could take one in my, my QB one in Superflex. Okay, so Alessandro, you have again, and this is without too much Superflex experience or at all. You said early first, you you know that's where you would take your you know your quarterback the earliest, and then you said by the fifth sixth round you'd want your other one. Uh, well, see, and, and before everyone starts yelling at me and making fun of me, look, I, I would take the earliest I would take a quarterback would probably be 105, 106 if the big-name running backs were off the board. I still want the big-name running backs. And I probably would go after Stompy's idea of running back, running back. But if the big-name guys are off the board, I'm taking the quarterback. If I, I could grab a – if I could grab one of the running backs – I'm going to grab one of the running backs because I want some other good guys on my team, you know, like running backs. And if, like, the majority – if I do go running back, running back, and the majority of the good quarterbacks with a high ceiling or a really high floor are gone, I want to start looking at, like, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like the dual scrambler-type quarterbacks that I want to get a lot of production out of both in running and passing. So I would – Probably start going for right there. Probably third round, fifth round. I'm questioning, you know, another lesser tier quarterback that I know can get points and all that. But like I said, I don't have much experience with super flex, so I'm probably talking out of my ass at this point. I mean, in general, I think you do want to come out of the fourth round with at least two starting quarterbacks. And and John will say you probably want five. Uh, <laughs> after four rounds, yep. you should have five quarterbacks. Uh, um, it's a super yeah, and, and I would I would say you want at least two after four, and I would say you want three after eight. And then you can feel good about. It. And if there's guys like Eli or Joe Flacco or um, uh, Nick Foles there in like the tenth, I would be jumping all over that. Well, let me ask you guys. For a newcomer standpoint, when it comes to quarterbacks, would you grab someone like Phil Rivers, who is a dominant, consistent quarterback, and then grab someone like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, who has that dual capabilities of rushing and passing in one of the later rounds, or would you just try to still go for a high, you know, high level quarterback like uh, Phil Rivers and Sam Donald, or Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady or like something like that. Like what would you do for your first quarterback and then your second quarterback? Like how would you attack that? 
that's the exact type of roster construction that I like to end up with is kind of the, the high floor type of guys. And like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll take Aaron Rodgers as early as I have to. So a lot of times I end up with Aaron Rodgers and to me, he's got a pretty high floor. So yeah, I, I generally love to put him with a, a kind of a ceiling type of guy, uh, whether it's, you know, in the second round, maybe I can get Baker Mayfield you know, it's more likely it's going to be the later guys like uh, um, Kyler. It really isn't a bad one if he falls far enough. Lamar Jackson does make a lot of sense on the same roster as Aaron Rodgers for me. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I go for. I mean, personally, I think I agree, but I'm honestly like this year. One of my favorite combos is like Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson. Um because Dak still has that rushing floor, but he's he's going to have a lot more passing volume than, say, a Lamar Jackson. And I think he's got, like, the top five ceiling. And then I think Lamar Jackson's got a top ten ceiling. I'm not – for some reason, I'm not – or I'm not risk-averse. Like, I'm risky a little bit when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, last year, I, I really liked Mahomes. Obviously, that worked out. Um, this year, I really like Jackson. I really like Dak. So I'm not really aiming for like those high pass volume guys. I'm just aiming for the guys that I think are going to get the most fantasy points. Okay. Uh, James, have we heard from you yet on this issue? No, I, I think there's several ways that you can do it. So I, I, I don't mind that at all. Pairing a, a high upside guy with a high floor guy. Um, I think that's, that's, you know, one of the ways that you can approach the position. I think, you know, if you're reaching for high upside guys at other positions, you can, you know, grab two guys that have a have a high floor at quarterback. So that way you don't have to worry about that position. You have stability there. Um, you know, you're not going to get those huge games very often, but you're also not going to get those really low games, you know. So you can rely on those other players to be boom or bust. And it, I guess it really depends to me on how you evaluate other positions. Do you normally hit? Uh, you know, your high upside swings, your waiter guys, some of the guys that, you know, might be deeper sleepers at wide receiver, uh, at running back, or are you normally pretty good at, at being able to to do that with quarterback? I, I think that to me is really where it depends. I think there's, there's several different ways to build your roster. And that's the great thing about Superflex is it gives you a, another another added dimension. You can add, you can build your rosters even more ways now because of the super flex, you know, scenario, because of the fact that you, you don't have to start two quarterbacks, but you pretty much, you pretty much want to. Um, and so I think it adds another dimension, another layer of team building too, and how you want to approach it. So I think there's several ways you can do it. Um, I personally, you know, it changes year to year and I, I really depend on ADP and kind of look at guys and where they're going and where I value them. Um, and so that's, that's why this year, you know, for me, it's, I'm, I'm kind of loading up on some of those older guys and taking the backups that they, their teams have drafted and hoping that, you know, when when guys like Big Ben step down, Mason Rudolph steps in, or when guys like Tom Brady step down, Jared Stidham steps in and, you know, can can be a part of that successful system. So that's kind of been my approach to it. But I think there's several different approaches. And, you know, just find one that you feel comfortable with, um, especially using ADP data and, you know, make sure that you're uh, – make sure that you're – you're flexible. You're you're not locking yourself into one draft strategy because the draft could could change the way that you view things and the way that you want to approach it. So make sure that you're flexible and ready to ready to change depending on what the draft is going to throw at you. That's actually a good point, James. I find that 
in Superflex League, flexibility is even more important. I mean, they put a super emphasis on the name, so it must be important. Uh, but I, again, I do find in, you know, in single quarterback leagues, I can just, especially without a tight end premium, I'm just going to go running back wide receiver for the first 10, 11, 12 rounds before I, I look at any other position. Whereas in Superflex, you definitely can't do that. You have to be getting quarterbacks, but you also again, don't want to necessarily lose valuable skill position players if you're too busy taking too many quarterbacks. So there's definitely a, a good balance to be struck there. Uh, and uh, balance in terms of time is also something that needs to be respected. And I know, Stompy, you have a, a podcast appearance with another Canadian on the GOAT District pod. So, uh, you know, as an, another fellow Canadian, I don't want to have you be rude and, and have you stay too long. So I think. Hold on. Kyle, to- Kyle, can you say car for me? Car? Car. Like Derek? Car? Yeah. Canadians just have a, a funny way or a great way of saying car, and it's mesmerizing to me. So, car, 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 car. Kyle, you do realize you're my Canadian now, so now I get to make fun of you on this show from now on and all times. Yes, yeah, yes, I, mean, yes. I, I usually encourage everyone I ever meet to make fun of me, so yeah, <laughs> well, feel free. Success. <laughs> uh okay so before uh you guys leave our our super special guests do you guys want to plug anything i'm gonna win sfb9 <laughs> sorry um oh, darn i thought i was going to oh. yeah uh so i i guess i'll start um obviously you can find all three of us on the Superflex super show on the dlf family of uh podcasts Find the podcast at Superflex Show on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at FF Stompy. Uh, you can also find some of. Or I, I also host a podcast called the Dynasty Diagnostic. That's at uh, DYNO Diagnostic, and that is on the Dynasty Trade Calculator family of podcasts. And then my written work is on FF Statistics. That's at FF Statistics underscore and FFstatistics.com. Uh, John. Yeah, uh, Superflex Super Show. Follow me on Twitter as Superflex Dude, and catch me every uh, kind of right in the middle of the month. In fact, we just started, but uh, so I, I write for DLF. That's where all my Dynasty and Superflex content lives. Right now, we're actually running mock drafts to formulate the Superflex ADP that you can find at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So. Uh, definitely check that out. It's a great resource and uh, jump into some mocks and and help us actually create that ADP. Uh, and then uh, I also do some redraft and one QB content for ffstatistics.com and uh, co-host the uh, the flagship podcast over there. And finally, the Mr. Brain. I am not nearly as busy or as popular as the other two gentlemen on here. Um, you can find me at underscore James the Brain on Twitter, um, and of course at the Superflex Super Show, which you can follow our Twitter handle at Superflex Show um, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we we can be found the Superflex Super Show on DLF.com, the DLF family of podcasts. We're over there. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're also on iTunes as well. Um, and you can find my work over at DLF on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Uh, I'm writing over there currently, uh, working on a piece right now. It's been a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's about all I got. Hey, Kyle. Stuff. Yeah? Tell me about the Sean Kaiser being the MVP. <laughs> Again, that that could definitely happen in, like, 
you know, eight, nine years from now. He could definitely, I'm glad that he's looked so far into the, the future, but uh, for now, he's going to be Rogers' backup. Oh, he'll get some work this year. Oh. Oh, because the Packers are going to win so many games that they're going to be in blowouts and that uh, Kaiser's just going to come in and for mop-up duty? No, no. just Rodgers will get hurt. That offensive line's terrible. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but the offensive line isn't terrible. It's actually pretty good. No, Tell Rogers that to Khalil Mack. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah you, know, any, you know any offensive line that can stop Khalil Mack? I don't know. All I know is I saw Aaron Rodgers gimping around the rest of the season. So <laughs> I watched every game. Yeah. That week one is circled on someone's calendar. I can tell you that. Yeah. What happened in, at the end of that game, though, by the way? Uh, that vaunted Bears defense. He shredded them. Yeah, he did. They scored like on 20 one leg. in that game, didn't they? With Rodgers limping around with a MCL sprain and missed what the end of the, the first half of that game. Kaiser came in. I mean, in the second half of that game, and they went into halftime, I believe, with maybe three points, and Rodgers came out and led them to victory. I think the other thing about that game, though, the defense really stepped up in the second half. I remember HaHa Clinton Dix was just making tackles all over the place. He, he made a really big tackle on a third down that forced a field goal that, uh, you know, it brought the Bears. That was after the Packers had scored a couple touchdowns, and, you know, the field goal made it closer, but, it, you know, it preserved the lead. So I, I think as much as that, you know, that credit goes to Rodgers, the defense really stepped up in that game. I expect half. I expect Clinton Dix to have another big week, uh, week one uh, this year. <laughs> Against the Packers. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, we got Adrian Amos, so. Oh, yeah, that's no no problem. <laughs> Slide him right in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks to our great guests, the Superflex Super Show guys, James, John, and Stompy. Um, this was the Full Press Fantasy Pod at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod on Twitter. We are part of the Full Press Radio Network at Full Press Radio. Be sure to check out all the amazing content on FullPressCoverage.com or on Twitter at FP Coverage. Not just NFL, but all sports. Um, on behalf of my co-host, Alessandro Senator at AM underscore Senator and Dean Williams at FPC Eagles, I'm Kyle Senra at Nyama underscore KS. And this was the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.